0: Welcome to the Take 92 Podcast. This is Sammy Warmhands. I am your host. And this is our final episode of the year, 2015. Closing it out. Today my guest is Cerebral Cortex, one-sixth of The Architects, Eugene's most prominent hip-hop group, running their weekly show down at Lucky's for the last four years now, keeping this little scene alive. And... They're here in the studio recording a new album right now, so I wanted to uh, speak with him and um, figure out the genesis of, of this project and and where they see the future of the group. Um, also, it's the end of the year, and I just wanted to recap a little bit. So if you'll indulge me, I'd like to say that this was a significant year in, in several ways. It was the 10-year anniversary of my company, Take 92, Started here when I moved into this house uh, in the springtime of 2005 and constructed a studio in the garage and started recording bands on the weekends. And um, after about 30 bands and several years, I decided to close up and uh, continue to just do my own projects. And... One of the things that I did this year to commemorate that was this podcast. I want to keep trying new things. I've always enjoyed radio and um, I never shut the hell up. So I thought this would be a perfect format for me in that way. Another thing that I did to commemorate the anniversary is I made a documentary um, right before I started this company or actually at the same time that I started Take 92, I was in a group called this day's end and we were a band that had been together since we were kids and we just released our 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 biggest album our self-titled album in april of 2005 and making that album is when i i decided to start my own studio and, and start recording and producing on my own and uh so this april i made a a documentary interviewed the band members and and members of other bands that we frequently played with or bands that came up from the scene after us and uh that was a pretty cool experience of of you know I know what it meant to me and that band was was everything to me for many many years and uh uh you know from middle school all up into my 20s and it was it was pretty uh touching to hear some of these uh, other bands who A, we looked up to or B, uh, we uh, we became fans of you know, when they started their own bands later and uh, uh, it was it was just really cool to hear um, how important that music was uh, to everybody no matter how they were connected to it. So um, it it was it was definitely a special year for this day's end. Um, You know, we haven't played together in many years, but I still hold those guys, uh, across Chase, Chris as, as, you know, my, my best friends. And, um, another thing that we did this year was, uh, man, I dropped uh, two albums, Famous Last Words and Vacant Eyes. And those two albums were, uh, it's it's something new that I've never tried before. I wanted to go back to making a record with just one producer, like I did in the early illusionist days. And uh, I chose KI Design because we had gone on tour together um, early last year. And I, I really liked that old school kind of boom bap sound that he was doing. And, and it had a had a nice mood to it. I felt like I could write to it, be inspired by it. And... So we made Famous Last Words. That that came out in April, and uh, uh, right right before that, actually, I got to play South by Southwest for the first time. That was exciting. Um, I know it just sounds like uh, I'm listing off a whole bunch of things, but um, when I uh, uh, do these things, or like I hang posters of tours and shows in my house, I frame them and put them up, and these things are reminders to me because I... I have a tendency towards depression and I have a a tendency to not appreciate these things as they're happening to me. So right now, the end of the year, I'm looking back and I'm able to uh, retrospectively say um, that some great things happened this year, even though I'm in my head all the fucking time and I don't feel like uh, my life is any better than it was. And I've feel like I'm in worse financial shape than it was. But if I look at some of these uh, uh, great moments, um, I don't know, maybe that's enough inspiration to uh, keep keep pushing on, keep doing this stuff. So um, back to Famous Last Words. Um, we, uh, uh, we made this album, myself and KI, and um, right on the heels of that, I, I played a show with fashion and exile actually it was right before the the album came out but it was done and i i had it in hand um i had just got the cds and and after the show all the guys on the tour were saying man your last song that nobody gives a fuck song was really good and and at the end of the show exile was like hey man you should email me that song i i i'd like to listen to it or whatever he said but he, he wanted me to send it to him and uh i i I was blown away. That was high praise, and, and I just got to sh- share the stage with them. And then they they brought back all the all the performers, including myself, to to uh, do a cipher at the end with uh, with Exile and Fashion on stage, and that that was just amazing. And so when he asked that, I thought, wow, um, you know, I should take this opportunity and, and say, to, you know, hey, if you like the song, would you consider remixing it? Because um, I've always kind of wanted to make uh, a remix album or something, but I never really. Thought about it that much until um, I don't know that moment just kind of uh, brought it out of me that I thought, um, well, shit, maybe if I could get somebody like this on board then maybe that would inspire me to reach out to all sorts of other people and and, and sure enough he said yes uh, right there on the spot and 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 I started hitting up people uh, right and left after that and over the next few months that was the end of March and by uh, the end of September six months later I had it in hand and I had a, a, a whole tour booked and we hit the road with the the vacant eyes tour um, named after the, the the vacant eyes remix album and and man that was that was a great experience um not only did i learn you know the the sequencing is very important to me when i make an album i think about after i've i've written and recorded a certain amount you know maybe five or six i start putting them in a certain order and, and and piecing together the flow of of the album is it is it cohesive Does it flow well is there a dynamic contrast between songs or tempo Uh, contrast between songs or or thematic contrast and and things like that, you know, and and, and making sure that everything just goes well together. And with this project, it was different because I was going to keep the same track order from Famous Last Words, but I wouldn't have heard any of the new music yet for the remixes. And So I had to think about, um, you know, when you choose a, a collaboration with someone, that's usually like a remote collaboration done through email or something, which is nine times out of ten how it works in hip hop um It's very important that you choose the right person for the right song, you know, like if I get the opportunity to work with somebody and I just go, oh uh here's something here's the thing that i that I made. Would you get on it? Maybe that's not always the right thing for them, and you wind up with a weird song, or maybe it never comes to fruition, and it kind of sours that. Uh, what could have been a really cool experience and so I had to think really hard about who was going to be on each song to make it the right song but then also since I already had the tracks lined up how they were going to be you know from Famous Last Words I needed I needed uh, the producer to fit the song he was remixing and I needed him to then fit the context so the producer before him the producer after him they all needed to kind of mesh in a way and so uh, that was a challenge i had a huge list of of producers and and i used a lot of them I Used probably two-thirds of them or so and uh you know there's still a few people i really wanted to ask but i thought i don't know how that would flow or um you know if i have the right song for this person right now and uh so that that was a cool learning experience um in that, you know, I've I've made a lot of records and sometimes it feels like, you know, the same process. And, it, you know, it's always exciting being creative and doing all that stuff. But then like once you're far enough along, it kind of just becomes uh, the same thing. You know, you you sequence it, you mix it, uh, you, you know, you, you order the product, you promote it, whatever. And so it, it was cool to do, um, you know, on this important year of my life and for my uh, company the life of take 92 i thought it was cool to do a project um that that challenged that process for me um and another thing that came out with with famous last words was probably what i personally think is one of my uh uh proudest achievements and that is the book famous last words 10 Years of Take 92 Music, uh, that which is the subtitle um, on the book. And uh, I started writing that late last year, just kind of on a whim, because I had been trying to decide how to celebrate this milestone. You know, it was 10 years of the studio and, and label and, and 10 years after my band that kind of defined me uh, in my teens and early 20s. And... Um, also this, uh, I just had my 30th birthday. So, um, hitting, uh, two significant, uh, 10 year milestones and then, uh, hitting my third, uh, decade, bringing that to a close as well. And, um, yeah, the book was, 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 I don't know. It just came together really, really naturally and, and very quickly. I wrote it in about six weeks and, i would just sit down for uh, four or five six sometimes seven or eight hours uh, and just write um uninterrupted nonstop and all, most of the dates and 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 events uh, were just right there in my head i didn't have to really do a lot of research other than later i would you know fact check myself to confirm you know certain uh, uh, release dates and things like that but man it was it was it was really cool to kind of dig back and and feel like I was in those moments again in those those bands that broke up and those those uh those sessions that were that were fun or that were challenging or that were um life-changing in some way whether they were really inspirational or really toxic or whatever it was um you know that was a really cool experience for me to just do it and that's the primary motivation for me doing any creative endeavor, same thing with this podcast. I don't know if anybody's going to listen to this shit, um, to be, uh, perfectly honest and forward with you. I, uh, I don't know how much this tracks, if it tracks the iTunes followers or just the ones that, uh, follow my actual page. I think it's just my page, but, um, the ones that download this Libsyn podcast, um, I, I, Get about fifty or sixty downloads per episode. Now, I, again, I don't know how that accounts for uh, streaming on iTunes and stuff like that, but um, you know, that's it's not a lot. But th- those are are significant enough that I and I've heard feedback enough that I feel like uh, you know what, let's let's keep doing this. Let's keep growing it. And for the same reason, I decided to be careful with my book. And so I conservatively ordered, um, normally I, I, I do batches of a hundred CDs and once I, you know, maybe, uh, uh, I'll run a second batch, but usually not a third, you know, I used to print, you know, a thousand at a time and then it it would just be overwhelming to try to, you know, promote that release for uh, the time it would take to sell even half of those when I'm, I'm, I'm constantly trying to make the next, uh, project, and so I, I printed 55 books. Five of them were for me and my family, and 50 were for sale. And I I didn't tour on Famous Last Words. I played shows in six cities over the course of six weeks, and um, in those uh, those six weeks, the the books sold out, and I I was really proud of that achievement and um you know again it's a very small thing but I don't know many musicians that write books unless they're giant fucking rock stars like you know Anthony Kiedis or Sammy Hagar or you know those people who have uh you know decades on the road and crazy you know hooker groupie drug stories to tell or whatever and um I feel like a really odd I don't know I feel like kind of an anomaly in in <clears throat> what I do because I'm not uh, successful by most people's measure I mean I, I'm not living from this I still this is my 12th year in retail I don't enjoy it but um, you know I, I do that part time to keep the lights on while I do this and and I've done it for so many years now, and I've done so many different styles and I've learned so many things and had so many great collaborations that I thought um, man i I think that there's enough stories that people would be interested i I love reading autobiographies about musicians and 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 directors and comedians um, and and I love. Uh, watching behind-the-scenes uh, documentaries and things like that, and so I kind of took a shot in the dark, and I was, I was pleasantly surprised at the feedback I got. I mean, it was it was unanimously positive. So um, I, I'm very grateful for the 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 chance to go out on a limb and and do these other things that most people probably wouldn't uh, a- attempt to do or or uh, or if they or if they did they wouldn't think it was you know worth releasing or something, but for me, you know I have a small audience, but they are uh, a loyal audience they a very supportive audience and um, these are people that have been following me for many years and and that that was another one of the reasons I wanted to write the book because it was um, most people now know me as a rapper, and I'll do these stolen songs videos or albums or I do rock and punk covers um so people are somewhat aware of that but i would get for quite a while when we were touring as the illusionist people didn't even know i played an instrument or anything like that and um and then all the people that i came up with playing in bands you know i think those guys kind of know that i rap now but they don't know you know anything about it or maybe they heard the really early stuff when i it was just a joke and it was all like shock humor and bullshit and um so i felt like there was kind of two circles of people who knew me as a musician and uh i thought the book would be a cool way to show how it really is just one linear path you know uh i remember when the illusionist uh made a, a punk record uh evil had a lyric in one of our songs that said uh when we went from punk, punk rock to hip hop and back again. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just all, it's all a part of me. And I think that most musicians, uh, you'd be surprised to hear, you know, what they listen to or where they, uh, came from musically. And, um, I thought, I thought that was, was worth sharing because it might not make sense from the outside. Um, but it makes perfect sense to me anyway i I'm not trying to uh ramble here. I just wanted to um you know look at some of these things that happened this year and and hopefully uh, appreciate them and see the value in them and and um you know we the year basically came to a close with uh the vacant eyes tour, which I went out with ogar Burrell again this is our third time and double dragon for the first time and um we, we had a, a tremendous time and i i I'd, I'd absolutely love to uh be touring more and 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 you know make that more of my living so hopefully uh, uh looking forward we'll be able to uh to do that i'm looking forward to tour number 10 i was really hoping to work that into this year just for the sake of uh, my my OCD tendencies, um, to have the, uh, the 10 year anniversary and the 10th tour, but it's okay. I had my ninth tour and my 90th album. So that's pretty cool. It's the 90th record that I've produced here in this very room where I'm sitting now. So, um, that's, that's pretty exciting. That's, that's, there's something to be said there, whether or not I'm, you know, playing big rooms or, or whether or not I'm, you know, making this my my bread and butter and putting food on the table, you know, it's, it's taken me pretty far, you know, and uh, I am grateful for that. And, you know, coming off that tour, you know, we can be playing anywhere from, you know, five people to 50 people a night. You know, touring on our level is not a a big glamorous thing, but, uh, it was really enjoyable and everyone who was there was into it. And sometimes it's just my tour mates and like two other people, but they're yelling back, nobody gives a fuck, you know, and then they're, they're singing along and, and, uh, you know, we're, they're buying the albums and, and, you know, it's connecting with people, it's resonating. So I know that that it's working and I know that there's an audience out there for me and, and for my friends, all these people like me uh, that I've met across the country, um, you know, just just keep doing what you're doing. I I can't help but believe that, uh, you know, that we can build something for ourselves. I mean, I've been doing this forever and it seems like it's never going to get better. But, um, you know, when I make those connections, those genuine interactions, you know, it's, it's hard to, hard to deny. And I know that the moments that I've shared with people that I really look up to when I get to open for them or collaborate and they pull me aside and have something to say about what I do. I mean, that means everything, you know? And so, you know, I won't, I won't necessarily go through, um, who's, who's said things to me like that, but they just world-class artists, you know, people that I hold in the highest regard, that I I stand in the audience and I watch them just in complete shock and awe, and and the things they're able to do with their music, creatively, technically, you name it. I just uh, I love it, and so to hear from those people that I'm doing something right is a, a vote of confidence that it goes a very long way, um, and and the culmination of that is you know 5 years ago getting that endorsement from who I consider to be the best there is but at least in the underground um idea and you know that was a strange experience him passing away so early into us meeting but uh this year after the tour a couple weeks later um I I went out as well as all the crush kill artists into the uh, uh, five-year birthday show for Idea. And so I I literally went from playing for, like, 15 people to playing the biggest room of my life for 1,500 people and, you know, stepping out on that stage with, you know, my friends Isid and Carnage and Seize Mikes and, and Michelle Kearney and Sadistic and Blueprint and Illogic and it was just uh it was just amazing and you know have 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 abilities up there and brother ali up there the way that people like idea have inspired me and given these opportunities to me um i can't i feel like i can't take that for granted so when i do get beat up about things and uh, again i try to take inventory of of you know what i'm actually doing and then i also just look at those things and think if they saw something I, I have to respect that i have to honor that and 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 not give up and take it as far as i can so i think when all said and done it's been actually a very good year i i still have i still have quite a few things up my sleeve i think even uh even in the very near future me and ogar Burrell have something uh i think I feel really strongly about this. That's going to be coming out pretty soon. Um, we're going to be recording that. Actually, right after you hear this, at the uh, the first week of January, um, I'm going to be performing in Berkeley, California, at the historic Gilman Street venue. Uh, that you know, bands like Rancid and Green Day, and No Effects, and so many of my favorites have have played at in their early years. I'm actually getting to headline there, which is strange, um, for the very first time. So so January 2nd, that's, I believe, this Saturday from when you'll be hearing this. Uh, I'll be out there in Berkeley, so so check that out. That's that's bound to be a good show with my friends, the Lobe Trotters. Double Dragon is, is part of the Lobe Trotters Collective, and uh, so they, they help me out with that connection. But uh yeah, so that's gonna be an awesome way to start the year and then I'm gonna come right back and, and me and Ogar Burrell are gonna hopefully finish recording our our next full length. So I think uh we'll we'll welcome twenty sixteen with open arms. And I'm also taking a lot more recording work again, so that's been inspiring and, and uh on on that note I'll I'll segue into uh my interview with Cerebral Cortex from the architects. Um, these guys are some of my best friends in music and in this town, and I'm uh, um, I'm really excited about the tracks they've been laying down. And and uh, well, yeah, I'll let him tell you about it. So here's Cerebral
1: Cortex from the Architects. Yep. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm uh, the smartest one, so I should be here talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're actually in the
0: middle of recording the next Architects album. Yep. And there being so many members people kind of come and go when they are available and we just finished up for the day with uh nobody else here so we figured let's let's just talk about it yeah um so most people know you from hosting all the shows at lucky's here in eugene uh you just had the four-year anniversary of that how's uh how are you guys feeling about about the
1: weekly uh well actually um the weekly we are at a point where likely the weekly is going to change hopefully. Um, as you know, we've been doing it for four years. So, um, it's been totally awesome to have a weekly show in Eugene going for this long and to kind of be in the position to provide that hip hop platform. That's definitely much needed in a town like Eugene. Um, but we have been doing it now for a while and we're kind of noticing that uh, we're, we've reached a point where things need to change. And by that I mean that we're, we're thinking about changing the weekly to possibly a monthly show, possibly a bi-monthly or just a, a less frequent uh, show endeavor just because um, we don't really feel like we're keeping the momentum going as we have over the years and that's just due to um, us going through our various life changes and all of us in the group having different priorities and different things to do i don 't think that we 've been able to keep the show live every single week yeah it's a that 's a huge commitment and it 's a huge
0: accomplishment that you guys have been able to do it for so long and and i mean it 's been a re- really the the saving grace of our little scene what's left of it in my opinion because you know we had john henry's clothes we had the muse lounge and joe's and whatever it was before we had that clothes we had diablo's clothes yeah. you know we had so many things uh samurai duck all uh, the hip-hop friendly venues you know, are yeah slim to they've now. all been gone and so having you guys team up with luckies and and really give everybody a, a, another uh another Life, really, you know, I'm um, thinking in video game terms, you know, like yeah. the scene died once. Uh, I feel like John Henry's was kind of the nail in the coffin and you guys were able to keep it going after that. So it's it's pretty awesome that you did.
1: Yeah, I think we're we're proud of it. I mean, I mean, definitely it's a point of pride for us to say that we've done it this long. And we grew it into a legit event where we had lots of touring artists and lots of local artists getting down. And I think that it was pretty Um, pretty amazing but um, we're just going through another wave of what's what's next and up till now we've been content to to host the weekly and that kind of be our main function which I mean I think it has been I mean I mean we haven't as the architects really been touring very much I mean we've some of us have, have toured and and we've done plenty of shows and been on the road before and all that good stuff but the past several years that we've been doing Lucky's, I mean, it's pretty much been our anchor here in Eugene and it's kind of kept us here. Um, and it's, we've kind of l- looked inward and kind of been all about developing the local scene and being not in charge of that, but, but helping kind to of the help, face of it. helping to facilitate it at least and to create the space for it. And, uh, and that's been cool. Um, but now, you know, now, but now we are wondering what we want to do. What, what, what do we want to do as MCs and as artists next um, you know, well, sure. t-
0: so tell me about the, the record cause, um, you know, y- you and I have been, we've done a million shows together yeah, for and sure. it's come up before that, you know, we were going to do some, uh, s- some collaboration in, in this way where I'm, I'm not really not contributing in other than like, you know, producing the sessions and, and, and engineering it, but we've wanted to do something like that yeah, for, sure. for a while, um, when did it finally come out? A year or year, so ago? A year-ish
1: ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Not yeah. that long. Let me see. About a year. And that, um, and that was a long time coming as well. So this is actually
1: pretty quick for you This is, actually a, this you is guys. actually a pretty quick follow-up. Yeah. Considering that it's taken us like, you know, multiple years to produce other projects. Um, I think we're all, I think we've all been feeling like we want to produce more material and be more productive and just get more new things going for a long time. I think this album comes as just uh, partially as an, uh, um, as a response to, um, us feeling like we have overplayed our existing repertoire of music. Um, yeah, some, yeah t- we talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Like doing the weekly, you feel like you yeah. need a, you need
0: a shitload of songs because you don't want to play the yeah. same set every time. Absolutely, or and, there's, and there's and there's nights on the
1: weekly where it's just us. Um, when there are nights that we don't have anyone booked, it's just us. We're filling the whole night, so we're exhausting our solo material, our group material, um, just to fill the time to have something going on. And, I've, and by doing that, I think that we have kind of worn out a lot of our songs to where. Um, not to say that they're, like, not entertaining anymore, but we aren't as pumped on exci- on performing them anymore. And so this, I think that this album is kind of like a... Where I think that the quicker turnaround comes from us just really knowing that we are, A, capable of making great music and that we, um, we have material and we have, uh, you know, things to work on. And so we're just wanting to kind of get some new stuff going so that we can do more things and and, and kind of time that back to where the weekly changing and stuff. I mean, I, I hope um, that as the architects, we will be able to do more, uh, you know, larger shows, better shows, um, get on the road more and have more opportunities now that we hopefully aren't going to be doing the show every single week at some point. Uh, I think that that'll open up some new possibilities that might reinvigorate what we feel is kind of like a little bit of a um, a downer time for the architects. Gotcha. Um,
0: and you have uh, on this on this new project, uh, you went with an
1: outside producer for the music. Yeah. So th- the cool thing about this project too is also that this is going to be the first project that we've made all to one producer, uh, all you know, one, one producer making all the beats. Mm. And uh, all of our projects previously have been compilations of different producers maybe just a couple or several uh, this is the first project that we're making to um, all one producer and that and that producer is Chase Moore um, who's real real dope producer from California um, our ties to him are, are pretty loose pretty much just that uh, uh, as you know one of our members is in the battle scene uh, pariah and uh, he lives in California he's the one architect member that doesn't live up here in Eugene and he uh kind of had some loose affiliation or at least connection to uh chase Moore via the battle scene because chase Moore has been involved in like the um kotd grind time gotcha. uh, all that you know uh, battle scene stuff down there and so that is the connection to him uh he's just a really dope producer we like his 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 uh his work and uh we just had an opportunity to get kind of uh you know a, a handful of beats from him for our you know, uh you know, a decent price that we were able to afford uh via Pariah's connection to him. And uh so yeah, it's not like really I guess there's not really a lot of intimacy like as far as like uh you know, us doing the project with him because we have a lot of rapport, we actually don't r I d don't personally know him very well. Well
0: yeah, that that's pretty common though. With yeah. and I don't know if people know that, but that's pretty common with uh rappers and and the beat makers is that a lot of times it's someone you're reaching out to online because you're just a fan of their stuff and, and yeah. you know and they reciprocate that and you work out. Yeah, you know, we worked out some a sort you of know, worked out some sort of deal. It, but, um, yeah, and I, I really like what I'm hearing so far because 'cause we've uh I think started demoing uh, four songs so far, I think that we've yeah, got four rough cuts going. And, uh, yeah, it sounded great and, and all, uh, really consistent. Like I was saying, um, when I did my solo record earlier this year, famous last word, I had KI, uh, from the architects produce all the music because I, I wanted to do something like that where it's just one sound and you kind of are able to, uh, I feel like find more nuances kind of Mm -hmm. as opposed to like every song being totally different it's like here's a theme and how like almost like each song is like a
1: scene in your oh for sure uh, it's a larger picture you know yeah it's a complete kind of project feel when you do it all to you know uh, when it's all you know one producer i mean me personally for my solo music that's kind of mostly how i've approached doing projects um myself Uh, i mean my my first solo endeavor was my uh sound logic ep and that was all two beats produced by um the homie and the architects insight and uh, a friend of ours in california who we've grew up with and made beats with um so my next project will be the same all to one producer uh the other music that me and marshall have made together as all one producer. So I, I particularly like that. And I, that's, what, that's one reason why I'm excited for this project. The beats are like all fit together. They have a great feel, but they're still very, there's a lot of variety. They, they have different vibes and things going on, but they all just feel complete and they, they belong together. And um, the beats themselves are just far more mature than some of the older material that we put out for Yeah,
0: sure. it's, it sounds great. Um, how do you guys write as a six person group? to something like this because everyone's kind of coming in and out of the studio at different times kind of you know
1: dropping a verse or two here and then going to their job and then yeah we just kind of figure it out on the flow i think i think you know ideally you would like to think that everyone could sit down together and write write the songs together and it could be like you know everything gets prepared to go into the studio um before we go in and I think that for us we all we kind of do things on the fly just because of the nature of our group because there's six people there's various schedules there's different times we can link up different ways of energy different opinions different um, just different efforts to get a verse or a song written um, so I think a lot of times we do do it on the fly, um, you know, at For example, right now, I mean, we where we recorded four songs. There's some members in the group who are still working on writing some of their songs. But just having someone go in and start kind of get it started, and as the track starts to take shape, that is sometimes the inspiration just to write the song or just to get you know to to finish the song.
0: So sometimes it might be whoever writes first. I think uh, it goes that way a lot of times. Yeah, dictates where it's going to head.
1: Yeah, I think an MC will like one of the guys in the group will just will step up and come up with a concept or just be really feeling something, write it. And then the group will either be feeling that and just say, yeah, you know what? That's a cool concept. Let's just go with that and just start writing their verses accordingly. And then there's other times too where it's like, okay, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's better for your solo shit <laughs> yeah 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 so sometimes you make a veto <laughs> yeah but um but yeah i mean we all just kind of do it um on our own time essentially i mean I, you know being where we're at it's hard for us to all get together but we still i mean some of us do sit down and write together um i mean that's not like that doesn't happen but uh most of the time we just kind of somehow someone starts it we come up with a concept and then we all just write independently yeah i mean that's that's generally how i've done whether it's the illusionist stuff or my stuff with
0: our uh, it tends to be very separate so i i wasn't sure you know how how uh, you guys do that especially since you have you do see each other every week but it's always for the live show and a totally different environment yeah know?
1: yeah you're not sitting around where you can just like kick ideas around and you know you have a pen and paper out at a show or something like that i mean um, yeah yeah but, but yeah that's pretty much how it works for us and that's it's, it's it's worked and sometimes that's been a downfall though also i mean i think like with previous projects like finally um and even Let's Build. It took us a lot of time to make Let's Build. Um I think it's just uh us being on different schedules and being in different like points of completion with our verses sometimes is a draw is a drawback. Um sometimes it slows things down. Um but never nevertheless we make it work for us.
0: I think it's cool. I, I told KI this he was one of my first guests on this show. And um everybody has their solo projects. And there's also a lot of pairs within Even the within architects. The yeah, and so sure. there's a bunch of different um, projects that fall under the umbrella of the architects. But when you guys all come together, it's interesting because a lot of times it seems like you're trying to kind of one up each other. Like, you know, there's a little competitive, yeah. uh, like friendly competition yeah, for sure. going on. And so, whereas, like, everybody's solo songs tend to be more autobiographical a little more maybe introspective sure and then when you all get together there is uh, an element of that but then there's also the the songs where you guys are just a lot of bars, our songs bars. are just
1: like recording a cypher and we're all ciphering with each other and trying to spit the doper verse i think yeah for sure and that, i think that's what's cool about us i mean i think that that's we kind of i think that we kind of harness that like group of mcs wrapping together cypher energy type of uh aspect with our songs and our, our performances. And for sure, I think that that's, uh, that's definitely present and, and the songs that we make. Um, it's cool because at most places, um, you know, there's, there's local
0: rappers in you know, every little town pretty much, but totally. there's not this kind of, you know, local high row kind of a group or, you know, something like that everywhere you go, you know, and, and it's, it's, a pretty cool element. I think we've actually kind of spoiled Eugene with the the weekly because we you know, you guys or 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 me or both of us together will bring in, you know, these great headliners and you know do these $5 shows and like you guys go up there and do this awesome crew set and you know like I I think people get so used to seeing it that they don't realize that like talent wise special that is. That's
1: a pretty special thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. like talent wise, the shows uh that, that we've put on together over the years have been some amazing bills. And, you know, whether people come or not, or you know, that that changes, but still like I don't I don't think everybody gets that it's
1: kind of a unique thing. I truly, truly believe that what we have in Eugene is a pretty unique thing. I mean, um, I mean, I've lived here for maybe seven years or so now, some six, seven years, and I feel like one of the things that that drew me to Eugene was the music scene here, albeit it's very small and fickle and all that. I think that we have an incredible talent pool, especially considering, I mean, the city of, of its size. There's a large concentration of what I think are really dope MCs. And uh, we do have great shows here. We have all the great headliners come through Um, the local artists. Like, you know, ourselves are able to put together really awesome things. And I would argue that what we've achieved here as a community, hip hop community, um, rivals that of, I mean, anywhere, anywhere I've been, any, any city, any other small town. I mean, I think that what we're doing here is at least in terms of quality and, Uh, just overall community support and just good things happening, we're doing as much here as in some other places where you would maybe expect it more. You would expect it to be more so, um, you know, say Portland or something like that. Yeah,
0: sometimes you go to the bigger cities and, and you have a certain expectation going into it, and it's like, no, it's oversaturated.
1: No yeah. one cares. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a know? hidden jewel here. I mean, I do think that. I mean, and and you know, the scene goes through waves. You know, there's definitely the community rallies at times, and you know, the hip hop scene is just thriving, and then it quiets up, and you know, and 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 it kind of goes through those momentum shifts. But I think that's probably normal for anywhere. Yeah, um, especially as 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 long we as we feel it more here because it's so small. So it's it's when that when yeah. the momentum is down. I mean, shit, it's down because you're there. You know, you there's not even. There's you know you really just feel it. There's nothing you know. There's nothing going on when there's nothing going on because we're a small town. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean we, we've had we've had a, a pretty awesome, exceptional, special thing here in Eugene for a long time, and I don't I don't think that that's going to change. Um, you know I hope it continues.
0: Do you do you have a favorite show or or two from uh, hmm. from the weekly like some of the man. Amazing, uh, I don't know, you know, underground yeah. legends there's, we've had come oh, through. Oh, yeah,
1: there's, I mean, we've had some really the stage. great shows. I mean, I would say when you say underground legend, it made me think of uh, Micah Nine. Yep, I mean, that's one of the shows where I just personally, as a fan. Just probably had some of the most fun because that guy is just super crazy, unique, and just a, like, super outlandish, hilarious individual. Yeah, that was... And uh, that was probably... I mean, that was, and that was really on. I think that was, like, when we... I mean, it wasn't, like, in the first year or something like that, but that, yeah. I mean, that might have been in the second year. I think it was two 2000- thousand. 11 or 12. Yeah, it might have been in the second year that we were doing it when we first started to get into a position where we could at least like put up some guarantees to get like some of these bigger artists to come through. Yeah. And that one in particular was really good. Um, but yeah, we've had lots of great shows. I mean, um, Blueprint, did he come and do a Wednesday or was it? Yeah. 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 We had him, uh, that was this last one. Or no, the one time before.
0: Actually, I, no, both of them were Wednesdays except. This one was in July, mm-hmm. and last year was in June. So yeah. last year we had a bit of the campus crowd was still in town, so yeah. it, was, it was like uh, 200 heads or something like that. Oh, yeah, that's and this, right. And this time it was a little bit smaller because it was in, yeah. actually in July. But Yeah, yeah th- those were great, great sets. Um, him and, and Rare Groove,
1: oh, uh, yeah. awesome.
0: DJ Rare Groove, they're just awesome people.
1: Yeah, dude, that, yeah. He, I mean, th- well, and I remember you telling me before on this one, you're like, dude, superstition yeah superstition i was, I was like to who's see... this guy Yeah, i was excited man. to see superstition because i never seen him at, you know perform and i mean i've listened to his music for years and that was just i mean obviously he he got on the uh the tour with with, with blueprint i think that was awesome
0: yeah he he was great man i
1: i uh i love you know i love to get more people like him coming through i mean i love to see like you know artists like that who are you know i mean and, and i'm you know i mean i think that he's one of those artists who like maybe lacks uh the recognition that that he deserves. Yeah, I uh, I
0: had no idea for whatever reason. I mean, I mean y- you look back, he's got a discography, he's got, you know, some yeah. he's got some weight behind him. Well, when he's his like an East Coast dude too, you know. so I mean that's
1: pretty far removed um uh, you know, sure. from, you know, the West Coast and Eugene, Oregon in general. So it's not really that surprising to me that, you know, maybe maybe that's just from my perspective of here. It's he's not doesn't seem to be as well known. Maybe it's just, maybe it's different there, but um yeah, whatever. But I, I know what ones? you mean. There's there's tons
0: of like gems out there that people have never uncovered in our
1: area. Yeah, for sure. Know?
0: And and I'm still finding them all the time too. Well you guys just played with Odyssey. Yeah. That was cool. The oh, Wild really awesome. How was that?
1: That was great. It actually turned out to be a much better than I expected. I kinda I think I went into it a little wary because I wasn't sure because it is, it is Eugene, I, to my knowledge, um, Odyssey hadn't, per, hasn't performed in Eugene before or hadn't before. And I just didn't know what to expect. I do not know what his draw was like out here. I mean, I think he's also another East coast artist who's, I mean, arguably, and I mean, pretty clearly on his like big rise right now. Um, yeah. I think to he's a, on to a, like, mellow a,
0: music. Group with, yes, like yes. open mic. I think he has been for a while, but I think, like,
1: that this in particular tour and that album he just put out, The Good Fight, I think this just kind of like was like his big push to kind of step up to the next level, whatever that means. But yeah, um, but yeah, we were excited. I mean, I, the the show was great, and there he had a great turnout, and he must have, um, you know, he had a great job because the people who were out to see him. I mean, there was like tons of like uh, younger kids, a lot of high school kids that like knew, like. His, like, lyrics word for word. See, that's inspiring. when yeah.
0: you When you can play with an actual, like, lyricist. Yeah. And you get a young crowd, because normally... I would argue it was mostly a young crowd. That Dude, that's awesome, man. Because yeah. I feel like that's something that we're severely lacking, is that, like, we used to go to these shows in high school, mm-hmm. and they were crazy big, and they'd sell out for, you know, these uh, independent artists, you know and now everybody's graduated to playing dive bars basically Mm -hmm. and you're like wait Mm -hmm. we (laughs) we stepped back in terms of the the fan base like where Mm -hmm. where are the people and then you do a a show at the wow hall and then you're like well nobody came though yeah so we actually we 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 did better playing at the bar because you know we have less overhead and all this stuff and so uh, when it does come around every now and then, you see that it's like fuck, dude. They're yeah. still there. They still want to hear it. It's yeah, just, we gotta for to sure. reach I mean, them.
1: I've noticed that, and you know, we've had great responses from doing shows at the Wow Hall and like Hi-Fi Now that we've performed there once, and mm, yeah, um, you know, it, I mean, part of it is a. I think that the uh, the scene has lacked for all ages venues. It was pretty much the Wow Hall and the McDonald Theater, but I think that's kind of just not really on our spectrum as far as you know the level of shows that we're throwing but but um, i used to go there like all the time yeah. when i was in high school man it seemed like you know every mm-hmm.
0: two months or something there yeah. was another uh one of my favorite artists yeah. like favorite artists mm-hmm. coming through the wow hall like over and over and yeah, over yeah. again so
1: but yeah but i mean at, via those kinds of shows and opening for those kinds of shows are like sometimes the only opportunities that we get to at least perform in front of uh like the younger crowd um and I think so. Like you were saying, you know, we we graduate to performing at dive bars and stuff like that. And you know, we do a lot of bar shows. And I would say, I mean, the architects are absolutely like, you know, dive bar MCs. I mean, we pretty much have performed, you know, mostly like 21 plus bar, you know, shows. And well, that, I remember the first time I
0: I opened for you guys so the, when The Illusionists finally got on an actual rap bill. Yeah, yeah. it was at the Samurai Duck, yeah. and I walked in, I and they're playing. Against, yeah porn hardcore porn on the the projector uh yeah on the the flat screens behind the bar (laughs) and uh and i'm like all right sweet and the place is all dilapidated and fucked up and Mm -hmm. i'd never been there before and we you know i remember standing on stage in the middle of our set and people uh who were sitting at the bar start cheering like at an odd moment like Mm -hmm. not like after a song or a punchline or something you know it was like an an odd moment and i looked over there and the and they're cheering the money shot.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like,
0: "Wow, these yeah. are my people."
1: Yeah. I dude, <laughs> honestly, yeah, that that is our arena. You know what I mean? And I mean, as the architects too, I mean, like we've 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 kind of always been and at least we've seen ourselves this way and I think that there's a lot of truth to it, that. We've just we've always kind of been like the debaucherous crew, you know? I think that kind of plays into our like appeal as like a posse hop type of group you know uh we're just got that attitude like six dude just kind of just fucking around not giving a shit getting getting drunk talking shit you know all that kind of stuff and um so yeah that's our arena the bar show is like our arena that's where that's like where we've developed our style and our you know our, our persona our group but uh but, um, but you know, where I was going with that a minute ago is that, you know, that's kind of confined us to um, a specific fan base, you know, in a specific age group. Um, and I think that's more I think that's part of what we're feeling right now with the weekly kind of things kind of slowing down, losing momentum on the every week front is that, you know, the same people who are coming out every week and coming to all our architect shows and all that stuff are elsewhere now whether it's their are growing up now have kids have jobs have you know just other things going on where they're not they're, they aren't able to come out and support every week and so that that fan bit ba- that like 20 you know that 20s 30s fan base. Yeah becoming the 30s fan base Yeah it's now becoming and, the and, 30s yeah. fan base and now things are changing and and all that stuff, and so um so yeah, I mean, I think that as a you know uh, we're hoping that we can start doing more of these uh, all ages venues and start building a younger fan base um and uh, capitalize on that and do just do you know yeah and and just, just grow our fan base and do more things. I think that that's hopefully something that we're looking to do as we complete this new project uh as we hopefully go to rock in the show hopefully uh every month and um yeah, it's going to just open up some new opportunities.
0: I hope so, man. It definitely uh deserves to be heard. Um I'm I'm stoked on the new stuff, I'm stoked on the old stuff. Yeah, man. Love all of it. Um I wanted to ask uh, cuz the group was around before I met you guys. Uh-huh. Um did that start when you guys were here or in the Bay? Cuz you guys knew each other from
1: California, right? Yeah, several of us know each other from California. Um I think I w- moved here first in 2008 like late 2008 and then like shortly after uh ki moved up here and in fact i mean i met ki at a rap battle like one of the few rap battles that have ever like happened in eugene huh uh it was at the wow hall it was um weird uh it was i guess some sort of battle thing and that's how i met ki but um marshall insight had moved up here shortly after me and we uh, got an apartment together. Because me and Marshall have a little bit of a longer history because we have been making music since before the Architects. So Back-
0: Collective Influence is older than the Architects. Yes. Okay. Yeah,
1: collective, me and him have been making music since high school. Uh, and so that was around before the Architects. Now, even before Collective Influence, um, or no, I would say just simultaneously. At the same time, I, I had some stuff that I was doing with, uh, with Pariah. Me and Pariah okay. used to have a little duo called Diatribe. Gotcha. And we never even like recorded any music. I mean, we recorded songs, but we never put them out. Yeah. Um because that was like I mean that was like really early. That was like when we first started recording songs. We lived in Berkeley together for a short stint. And we had a friend, uh producer friend of ours, um, Petty, uh, that we used to um record with. And um, so that was like the beginning of it. But yeah, so in the very beginning, it was me and Pariah as Diatribe. It was me and Marshall as uh, collective influence. The catalyst for the architects, for like actually creating the architects as a group and calling it that, was uh, we had an opportunity to do a couple of shows with the RZA in Yeah, in, uh, and we, heard d- we did that. a two-show, like little deal with them um, on uh, in in San Francisco and in Reno, and it was Pariah's. Uh, Pariah was the connection to how we got on that show, mm-hmm. and Pariah. And so at that time it was Pariah, and we're like, but me and Casey were going on the, you know, to do the couple of shows, and um, uh, and we were like, well, we need to like have like a group name for like the three of us, because at that point we we're like the three of us had at least like had some songs that we started working on together, or you know, like stuff like that. And so we just came up with the Architects, and it, and I remember I think on that bill was like Pariah and the Architects, yeah, or something like that. Now nice. it's Ki and the K- Architects. Ki and the Architects. Yeah, you always gotta have a front man. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's the caveat. Yeah, um, that's funny. So, but yeah, so then that was the that and, and Marshall inside. He went with us on that two show deal to like take pictures and stuff. He actually didn't like oh. perform any songs, but he was there with us. And but and we and so on, by that point we had all been friends and hanging out and making songs together. So that was like when we st- just started to call the Architects. Then we decided to add Undermine. Then we decided to add Ebb, mm. and it was kind of like it just. You know, a couple more people got added on. So again, you
0: guys were building this thing while I was doing the Illusionist thing, totally separately. At this time, what is like? How did the Overflow community start? Because because that purely started at Samurai Duck. That's like to to me. I look at like the family tree. It's like Overflow Mm -hmm. is like the big one, and then it breaks down like the Architects is the second Mm -hmm. big one. And then, you know, there's so many more groups that break down from that. But, yeah. like, how did that whole thing, because that includes, like, Awkward Storms, Lomo and Asol, yeah. I think Mac the Nut. overflow,
1: I think that there were some earlier probably overflow routes, whether it was called that or not, I, that I'm not sure. Um, but the whole overflow kind of, like, movement in Eugene, that, like, little just that, you know, um, all kind of came from Samurai Duck. And it was because I I believe it was like uh, Defective, uh, Paco Defective, and uh, the Awkward Storms guys, and uh, Three Blind Mics guys, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Lomo, Asol, um, all those guys. I think already had like established presidents, or they were already like they were already here. Yeah, I knew Three Blind Mics was opening shows, and so I believe they're the ones who started the. the the it was called overflow sundays at samurai duck
0: okay so the name of the weekly became kind of the name of the collective kind of the
1: name of like just just like i I would i would call it just became like the eugene hip-hop collective gotcha you know like just representing sort of all of us um you know and i think more people kind of like uh identified with overflow more than others um but yeah, that's where it came from. It was, yeah, I, I, it was, I more
0: felt like I was friends with all those dudes, but yeah. I wasn't around when that thing happened, so yeah. I never never claimed so it. So that <laughs> was all born
1: from, yeah, from Samurai Duck, and that was just like, and that, that time was really, really cool. It was like, uh, it it's pretty, it was just awesome, man. It was just, uh, it was, I mean, I, I, I forget how long it went. I mean, it wasn't really even that long. I, I mean, I don't think it was going on for like more than a year. Um, I feel like,
0: and those nights were all freestyle, right? Yeah, it was, People it was didn't just really Sunday nights
1: that much. Yeah, it was a it was a, it was a metal bar, samurai duck. Uh, there was overflow Sundays, um, and it was like just literally just ciphering for the whole night. Like yeah, no, per, like well, the, actually, it, it's it did later start to incorporate performances, and that's where you guys, came yeah, in and yeah, I, I definitely
0: it. felt like we were like. Yeah interrupting the whole thing
1: <laughs> but it was literally a cypher it was just a, it was like literally just from like for three hours or four hours from like you know whatever 10 o'clock or something to like whenever closed, p- closed or whenever people yeah. just felt like stopping it was just cypher and it was like pete we just literally had b- beat after beat after beat after beat performing and there but but the cool thing about it was that um people loved it and thought it was entertaining. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, to hear like a bunch of MCs just rapping and ciphering for hours. But what made it kind of cool is just that there was a lot of people involved. There was like lots of MCs. I mean, tons of MCs that I couldn't even necessarily like name now. Just just like we're just people that were like from here. People passing by. It was just it was just tight. There would be like times where there was like literally like ten at least ten rappers on stage. Yeah, dude. And, it was- and more. And and it was but and it was just tight 'cause everyone would just, just take their turn and cipher it up and, and you know, I think that was just how a lot of people got an opportunity to cut their teeth and just practice their freestyling ability and develop relationships and become friends and form groups and it just was kind of like a little hub um for hip hop. And um yeah, that's the whole overflow kind of uh beginnings to to my knowledge. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Like I said, man, I've I've known everybody, um, a pretty long time, pretty much since late '09, I think. I think um, the first
1: time I saw you guys was at, uh, at Overflow. Yeah,
0: that was definitely the first time that yeah. we, I met any of you guys. Um, and uh, uh well, actually, it, that might have been that might have been December of '08. Now that I think of it, because we were still playing the earliest stuff, and we didn't have. Yeah, I think it was December of 08 because we didn't have our live band for quite a while. Yeah, um, so that might—that have...
1: sound the time frame sounds about right. I think because yeah. that's when, like, that was like shortly before we developed the Architects, and we and you know we were all yeah, all you guys becoming were there, friends but... and freestyling there. Me, Ki, Ebb, uh, Undermine. Yeah, know? so I think that was part of it too. Is like just having that place to go every week was like kind of a community thing. It was like. Everyone, you know, it's like you kind of knew everyone was going to be there. We all showed up, we all rapped, and that's where we like developed some of our friendships. And at least you know, five of us, six of us, yeah, formed as the architects from that.
0: Well, and that that was that was just cool for me because I had come from you know basically uh, my musical lifetime of playing punk shows, and I had been rapping for maybe a couple of years at that point, but it just wasn't. You know, nobody would put me on, and it just it it wasn't, um, it wasn't something I felt like I was able to break into, um, just even to play a show. Like our first show was mm-hmm. at a strip club on a day off. Nice. Uh, with a pop punk band and a metalcore band, and it was like, what the fuck am I doing here? And I met um. I met the Awkward Storms guys through Dalton, who was their uh, bass and guitar player. Oh, okay. The younger brother. Okay. Because Dalton was in a hardcore band called She My Arson, and we used to play together. And so I'm like searching, putting the word out, trying to find anybody that knows anybody in the scene. he's like, oh, dude, my brothers have put you on. And so we finally get on this rap show, and it's like, holy shit. You know, we're like, wow, that little guy is awesome. Like, yeah. you hear his freestyle, you <laughs> yeah. know, undermine yeah. up there. And, and man, yeah, I just remember uh, being being totally stoked on this yeah, grimy man. little shithole yep. of Those a place. Were good. Those were good times, man. With so much talent on stage. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think that's where a lot of us kind of came up as far as just uh, gaining experience as MCs. And that's, I mean, that's where, like, a lot of the freestyle roots come from. I mean, even to, to this day, we are, you know, we pride ourselves on being a group that likes to freestyle and we do a lot of that and a lot of spontaneous stuff. And And it's usually hilarious comes comes from that. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, man, those were, those were good times. Those were good times.
0: Sweet, man. Well, um, I'll, I'll look forward to uh, uh, plugging away on this new record. Yeah, man. Hopefully we'll get some more more. sessions next week and uh, I don't know, this will drop, I think about the end of the month. So uh, don't get too anxious. People We're still, working on it but um you'll hopefully have some new architects music pretty soon thanks for sitting in with us yeah appreciate it while we waste a session
1: yeah yeah (laughs) no well hey man that's welcome to the architects
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you to my guest cerebral cortex this is sammy warm hands the take 92 podcast we tried something new today Uh, i kind of went off the cuff for a little bit without a guest I don't know. What do you guys think of that shit? Should I do more of that? Should I do less of that? You should hit me up. Tweet me at SammyWarmHands. Email me, sam at take92.com. Let me know what you think of today's episode and all the episodes so far. What do you like? What do you want to hear more of? I'll come back with a a new round for you here in 2016. Man, I've had a great time doing this show. I, I definitely think there's more in store for you and right now I'm going to leave you with a brand new track that I'm working on with The Architects. Work,
1: consume, pay tuition, whoa, 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 whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. What am I, an asshole? We're still recording this thing. I don't have permission to release this. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> but the new Architects album will be coming out soon. Here's another track from my ugly ass. Dan Samo Book of B Remix. Peace.
2: Yo, Dan. What up? I want to play a little game, man. I'm down. We'll do 4 and 8 and 16. Easy. You ready? Yep.
3: What up Mr. Warm Hands? Yo. Man I think you're getting old, it's been a hot minute, I'm living and still spitting gold, okay. giving show. Slow loving till the missus moan, splitting stones with an Excalibur written slow.
2: Save missus I'm a missing throw, vicious to the wishing bone, I keep it real like a fishing pole. While you bitchin' moan, pitchin' infinite Solicit solicited sympathy like a timpani roll.
3: Yeah I'm getting in no poses, posed in the cold shoulders, frozen and so closed, that they no motion. We movin' at a fast pace, and last place can only ask for a rematch. So taste the sweet and savory similes as I'm living these days. Today, point breaking and enjoy stakes takes giving me until infinity comes of a perfectly lost. I will spit with friends and Sam like Sammy third eye and dots. I've unearthed lost thoughts. I keep you cursed at your
2: butts, I let it marinate. Toss it in the Worcestershire sauce. Sing a serenade like a bird perched in a cross. When we reach the finish line, I'll be the first one across. Your twilight, your Fifty Shades of Grey, your Diet Coke with aspartame. I've ascertained a last name Cause care for rhyme quotations Even wheelchair fans stand for my ovations
3: No hating allowed in this proximity It costed all of my vivid dreams But I pay it twice just to live for free But it's the daily you pay for what's killing me And taking out babies They afraid of Barack and Hillary Yet still I speak and digress I just to make my mind less of a mess It was yesterday I left the date open for my suicide note And hope that I take out the Pope too Can I quote you saying I went go cool Charged up the fireball And broke through the pro tools Give me soul food I'm here feeling so used Oh cool I'm your homie But I don't know you Take it slow, boo I'm guarded I got a motor running Known to go from sounding Quiet to a boulder pounding So astounding The overcrowding And saturation Let's go so rowdy After downing and get plastic. so nice
2: You thought I'd The same word twice Or so even thrice Like Breckenridge guys on trikes Your favorite MC tries The rhyme schemes But ain't got themes Like I've been entwined Between lines a brief rewind finds my details sublime Worthy of obscene finds, Like a female's hindquarters I don't mind orders I defy orders, Ignoring the course to rhyme with undefined morals Only the most divine royalty dines with wine holders But I'm not wearing a monocle Try bifocals, you can't bifocals Unless you're selling a sedan to a couple nice yokels Tell i worldwide global I'ma talk more shit than nine nobles Combined on my vocals I'm wider than five opals And rice with Thai locals I'm more for prick than pine needles On Christmas time nobles yeah, yeah, yeah. We got fours and eights and sixteens Yeah, 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 yeah.